whether you are fit, were fit, or getting fit, it's time for Too Fit. Welcome to the Too Fit Podcast, wellness for normal people, with your hosts, Brandon Walker and Sarah Hollyhead. Oh, that's right. Thank you, Jim, for our intro. This is Brandon Walker, the king of the Too Fit Podcast, if you will. And my queen, as always, is the lovely and talented Sarah Hollyhead. That's you. Yep. Hey, we need to say hello to some new people because we have a lot more listeners than we had last week. So here's the thing. Sarah is very distraught about something, aren't you? I am? Yeah. What am I distraught about? I don't You're know. distraught about the fact that we have hundreds, literally hundreds this time. I could say that without joking. Uh, I'm not distraught. I'm just perplexed. By All right, she's perplexed then. She's not distraught. She's perplexed by the fact that we have hundreds now, uh, hundreds of listeners, and yet it's very quiet out there on your end, listeners. So here's the thing. What I'll probably I'd, regret bringing that up. What I'd like to request <laughs> is that if you are listening to this podcast what and you are at a computer right now, here's what I would like you to do if you don't mind. Push pause not right now, but in a second when I say, I'm going to say this, I'm going to say pause. And when I say that word, I want you to push that button on your player, whether it's on your computer or on your iPad, iPod, iPhone, whatever device you're using or other smartphone. And then what I want you to do is when, I, when you hit that button and it stops playing, I want you to go to your email browser. I want you to type in the following address, the number two F-I-T at fitwithb.com. To fit at fitwithb.com and just send us a little note. Say hello. You don't even have to put your name. You can send it anonymously, but just let us know you're out there because it's a, it's a big, cruel world and we're all alone here and we know you're listening, but we want you to say hi. So all, all kidding aside, we'd love to hear from you. And if you got any comments uh, that you like the show or you hate it, I don't know why you'd be listening if you hate it, but maybe you just like <laughs> us and you don't really like the show and you're just kind of supporting us. And that's cool too. Um, but if you like anything about the show or if you have any suggestions, any topics you'd like to hear about, uh, or if you have any health and or fitness related questions, we would be happy to hear from you. So all, all that aside, let's jump right in. I'm, gonna, I'm going to start with it. I'm just going to read a quote and this will introduce our topic for the week. This is from a former Surgeon General named Richard Carmona. He used to be the Surgeon General. Here's his quote. Because of the increasing rates of obesity, unhealthy eating habits, and physical activity, we may see the first generation that will be less healthy and have a shorter life expectancy than their parents. I'm just going to let that sink in for a second. Because this podcast is for parents or for people that are thinking about having children. What, what this statistic means, what this quote means is that there's a good chance that your children will not outlive you based on the current state of things. What is, what, what is the current state of things? What are we talking about? We're talking about the fact that one-third of U.S. children are overweight. One-third. And just in case you're like, oh, kids are always kind of a little chubby. They're always a little bit overweight. Well, I did a, a little anecdotal experiment and I got out my picture, my class picture from, golly, this was a long time ago, 1985, maybe 84, something like that. Yes, it was. Stop. Don't look at me like that. I'm not. I'm, 
And I, I looked at the class. And just judging from the picture, there was one out of maybe 20, 25 kids, or maybe two, who would be, at a glance, be considered overweight. None of them were obese. 17% of U.S. children right now are obese. Now, if you're wanting to know what that means, right now the, qual- the, the classification for overweight means that your body mass index is above 25. If you don't know what your BMI is, just Google the word, just BMI, put Google BMI, and it'll come up with a calculator or email me again at twofit at fitwithb.com. And I'll I think it was you. on our list of topics to discuss at some point. Yeah, the difference between BMI versus body fat percentage. Mm-hmm. It, it's not completely accurate, but for children, it's pretty accurate because you're not talking about mass muscle kids here. Um, BMI is not a good indicator if you're an athlete. It's not, not very accurate. But for normal people, and especially for children, BMI is pretty a- accurate. For, so if your child's BMI is over 25, they're considered overweight. If their uh, BMI is over 30, they're considered obese. And right now, one-third of kids are overweight, 17% uh, are, are obese. And 70, 75% of U.S. teens live what would be considered sedentary lifestyles. What, what does sedentary lifestyle mean to you, Sarah? What do you think? Well, basically, you come back from, come home from your day and sit in front of the TV or sit in front of your computer. I kind of think of those commercials now that they're showing where the kids are at their computer on Facebook and the parents are the ones out doing stuff, going camping and going biking and things like that. So kind of that, you 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 come home from work or you come home from school and you pretty much just sit there and don't do a whole lot. Same thing on the weekends. Maybe you don't play any kind of sports or, you know, you just sleep in like most kids do and then get up and head to the TV or, uh, you know, things like that. So what's the difference between the way you and I grew up versus the way, and here's the thing I want to avoid on this show. I don't want this to be one of those, oh, back in my day, we used to do this and this and this. Because I don't think that's productive. However, there is a difference between the generation that I come from, you come from, and this current generation of children. It's obvious when you looked at at the statistics, the fact that students, kids right now are are having signs of type 2 diabetes, Mm -hmm. which is something that doctors don't normally see into well into your adult years. That there, there are one in four teens is at risk for heart disease, not at risk meaning when they're older, but literally at risk right now. 5,000 teens will have liposuction surgery this year. 57% of girls, 33% of boys will use smoking to curb their weight because it's such an issue with them. 50% of obese children and 80% of obese teens will struggle with weight issues into adulthood. So we're going to get into... What can we do about this? This is not just a situation. This is not just a problem. To me, this is an epidemic. This is uh, much more serious than I I think the average person believes. And here's why. These issues that you see in children, obesity, and we're going to focus on obesity tonight because that's one of the more obvious things, and it leads to other things. What this does is this sets your child on a path that's very difficult to veer from later on. If I was to just ask you, you as parents out there and I was to say, what do you want for your children? If you could give your children anything in the world, what would you want? 
You want happiness for them. You want them to be successful. You want them to have enough money to, to have a good lifestyle. You want them to, to be able to find somebody to fall in love with, to marry, to have children. all those dreams that you have for your children. If you're allowing your child to live an unhealthy lifestyle, then you are literally putting a barrier up between them and those dreams. That's what I believe. And, and that may sound harsh. That may sound judgmental. But I love your kids. Now, not as much as you do, obviously, but I love kids. I, I, I've worked with, with children since I was in junior high in one way or another. So I, I really believe in children and in teenagers, and I believe that they are the future and that they're the present and that they're wonderful and that they're in danger. So I'm going to step back for a second because I need to take a breath. Because I, I, when I start to honestly, when I start to think about this, I get really upset and, you know, you hear these stories all the time about, you know, they're like, well, let me ask you this. If you were to starve your child, you hear these stories all the time about parents who lock their kids in a closet for a year and don't feed them and the kid starves to death or the kid is malnourished. Now, obviously, you would say that that's that's a problem that that person should go to jail. But anytime you start talking about what about the overweight kids, what about the, the kids that are uh physically obese to the dangerous level. Oh, no, no, no. That's, that's not the parent's fault. That's somebody else. No, they, they shouldn't be going to jail. They should, that's not child abuse. Why isn't it? Well, I think that's a little harsh, but I mean, obviously when you lock your child in the, in the closet, that's, everyone knows that's not, you know, but I think some parents maybe don't know. They just, and a lot of times I think, I think we're going to get to this, but I know we will in fact, but you know, if the parents are living that lifestyle, I mean, they don't think it's necessarily wrong. So, you know, the child is living basically the same lifestyle. So, you know, it's just to them, it's not that different. And we go to McDonald's all the time. We, you know, it, it's not, um, they don't necessarily see it as, as that big of a um, disadvantage to their child. Statistically, uh, it's a huge disadvantage. Right. I mean, that's but from their viewpoint. Now, what? Here are some. You know, we think about the the. And I think Sarah just kind of mentioned the the short term problems. The short term problems for if your child is obese or overweight, they're going to be socially stigmatized at school, and it's a sad and it's a horrible thing that kids make fun of other kids, but it's what happens. Their grades are statistically lower. And it's because it, it, it may be, be all because of the fact that they get made fun of and they get teased by other kids. Maybe that contributes to everything. Lower grades. They have, uh, there's, we're seeing eating disorders. We're seeing a lower high school graduation rate for overweight and obese kids. Chronic health problems like allergies, asthma, hypertension, and type 2 diabetes. Greater suicide re risk significantly higher for overweight and obese kids. Increased probability for risky behaviors. We're talking about smoking, alcohol abuse, drugs, sexual promiscuity. All of those things increase and increase risk of premature death. This is not adult stuff. This is while they're kids that they're having these problems statistically right now. More so than they were in my generation, your generation. Now, all of that is, is what you could be like, oh, well, you know, my kid will grow out of it. It's just a kid problem. It's just a thing. Well, or here's a what happens. I've a phase. Heard that before, yeah. Sure. Here's the problem, though. Those kids have to eventually grow up. 
and they grow up several steps behind other kids because of those things I just mentioned. As adults, they'll see dramatically increased risk of cancer, heart disease, diabetes, liver disease. We're talking about a 50% increase in the risk. If you're overweight or obese, you're at somewhere between 35 and 50% uh, increase in risk. Increased risk of birth-related complications when they have children, lower college admission rate, lower college graduation rate, lower pay in the workplace, and higher insurance and healthcare costs. So, trust me when, when I say this, if you are allowing and contributing to your child in a negative way when it comes to their health and their fitness and their well-being by allowing them to live a sedentary lifestyle or by not providing them with the, the adequate food that they need that's healthy, then, and again, I don't care if it sounds harsh, you are contributing, you're uh, creating a detriment to their future. It's worth it for you to change. Now, Sarah, what's the obvious problem here? Is it so much that the parents are living a, a real healthy lifestyle? They're, going, they're doing all these things and then their kids aren't? What would you say is, is the issue here? Well, no, I mean, that's what I just said earlier. But, I mean, you look at the parents and then you'll see the kids are doing the same thing. I mean, you're not going to have healthy parents usually. I mean, I'm sure there's always an odd case. But, you know, they, especially smaller children, they they eat what the parents bring in. I mean, they don't really have a whole lot of other avenues other than when they're at school to get to get food. So, I mean, if you're... If you have healthy food in the house, then I mean they're going to eat healthy. That's just there's nothing else there. <laughs> so you know it's kind of and same way with just if the parents are you know acting as a model for the kids to you know I think I said that and if that was my article in the last podcast or the one before that, but basically you know that that's the mother especially or whoever's doing the grocery shopping has a a big influence influence and impact on how a child's um, eating habits will develop, which is exactly what we're talking about. I think the problems are equal. I think there's an equal responsibility between the diet and exercise. And there's, I think there's so few things in life that have a simple answer. You know, how do you fix the economy? How do you, uh, you know, how do we solve the, the problems overseas? How do we deal with it? The, there's always these multifaceted answers for everything. But honestly, as a professional, to me, you could solve this issue or reduce it down to almost nothing by simply changing your eating habits of your, yourself and your children and by creating an environment where you're, you're fostering an active lifestyle versus a sedentary lifestyle. What's the difference between now versus when we were kids? I, I don't know. Maybe there's more opportunities. I, I grew up with video games. I played video games from the time I was 10 years old until I still play them today. So video games are not the problem. TV is not the problem. I had a TV. I had a VCR. I, I grew up with all the things that, for the most part, that kids have, except I guess maybe their, their access is ubiquitous. You know, the idea that it's everywhere now. So they can walk into their house and they don't actively even have to go and turn on something that everywhere they look, there's a screen. And so their temptation is to sit down in front of it and, and to, to stay there. How uh, What's the recommended amount of time a child should exercise each day? Is it 60 minutes? 60 minutes. 
60 minutes a day that translates into a healthier lifestyle now. It translates into literally everything better. Better grades, better health, better fitness, better happiness, lowering risks. So how as a parent can you say that it's not worth it to do that? To get your kids to, out of the house, to get the kids out, you know, out from in front of the TV, and outside doing something. Now, okay, go ahead. No, I mean I think that's a great, but I think that's for everyone. Why is that? It's almost like you know, exercise instead of it being a priority. It's something you do if you have time, and you know if you if you make time for it or you you don't have quite enough and you do that instead of something else, you feel guilty. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I really should be doing laundry or I really should be doing this or that or doing research for this or whatever. And it's kind of like, well, wait a minute. It should, everything else should kind of go around that. I mean, you're going to, like you say, you're going to feel better. You're going to be more productive. You're going to be able to focus better, all these things. So I don't know why that's, I think that's a problem in our society is that we don't, we don't make that a priority. It's almost like, well, oh, you have time to work out all the time, you know? <laughs> right. Like, well, maybe we should all be making time for that in one form or the other. Maybe you don't go to the gym, but you go walk for however much time, you know, you have in the morning, in the evening, we kind of break it up, things like that. I mean, just to make that, um, you know, as important as, as jobs, as, you know, uh, things, I mean, not to let it just kind of go, because then it never gets done, it seems like. Um, you know, and I, I could almost hear parents screaming at me right now going, Brennan, you don't understand how little time I have. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I sympathize with you to a point, but the way I grew up, I grew up in a single parent household. My mom was the, the only parent around for the most part. Uh, I grew up with a brother and a sister. So it was three of us. My mom worked two jobs, three jobs at a time to provide for us. And somehow she did. She provided healthy food for us. I didn't even eat sugared cereal until high school. Like I had never had frosted flakes or fruity pebbles or anything like that until well into high school when I like would go and just buy it myself. You know, my mom found some way to do it. She found some way to get us out of the house and exercising. She made all three of us were involved in sports at the same time. And so she would that right there. Yeah. I think is <laughs> I've heard stories about trying to you know balance between football for one and then cheerleading for the other they're going on at the same time and trying to be support and as a single mom even more so because that you know that's really well she understood that like you just said you said it's a, it, it has to be a priority not a second thought not a not an afterthought but a priority and like all these things i mean that you said people are going to be upset about we probably will get several comments <laughs> now this week but it is, I know it's an easy thing to say, just like we talk about this, you know, simplicity of, okay, well, let's start eating better. And, you know, these things sound very simple, but they're difficult to do sometimes in practice. And so, um, I think that's, that's where it's, why there's a the whole disconnect in the whole, in the, you know, in our society now. This is going to be a two part podcast by the way I've just decided that I've hereby <laughs> decreed because there's a lot I want to get to and our time is short so I want I want to just focus on one thing real quick in regards to diet next we will focus a little bit on diet right now I'm just going to introduce what the problem is what's missing and then we're going to 
you know, in the episode tonight. And then we're next week, we're going to pick up finish diet and we'll go into exercise. I think we've established what the problem is. And, and if you, as a parent are thinking that I'm trying to insult you in some way or trying to make you feel bad, I'm not, I'm what I'm, what I'm saying is you may not think of this as a problem that your child is overweight or obese, but it is, trust me. And it's not something they're just going to grow out of. It's something that's going to affect them now. And if there is something you can do about it and you're not doing it, I'm going to call you on the carpet for that because I think that's, that's, I don't want to say abusive, but that's kind of the word I'm thinking of, you know, if there was something that you could prevent your child from having to endure, if you could, if you knew that your child, if you could do one thing to prevent your child from getting cancer, wouldn't you do it? You know, if you knew that there was one thing you can do to improve your child's grades, wouldn't you do it? Well, we're going to give you a lot of things you can do that are not life altering. They're simple changes. Here's the problem with kids diet. Too much sugar, too much fat, saturated fats, too much salt and sodium, too many chemicals in their food, too many calories, too many LDL cholesterol, too much LDL cholesterol, and way too many simple carbohydrates. What are they missing? They're missing all the, the other things, all the good stuff. What, what are they missing from the diet? If that's the stuff that, that's in kids' diet that's the problem, what are they missing? The what vitamins. Some, okay, the... so vitamins, definitely. Where do vitamins come from, mostly? Vegetables. Vegetables, and... definitely. Okay, so not enough green vegetables, not enough vegetables, mm-hmm. not enough fruits. Um, HDL cholesterol, which is the good kind of cholesterol. That comes usually from fish, and we could get into that. Uh, antioxidants, which prevent cell damage. Fiber. Mm-hmm. Whole grains. They're getting plenty of simple grains. What's the number one vegetable that kids eat? Potatoes. Potatoes. How much uh, you know, nutritional value are they getting? Very little. Mm-hmm. In fact, when they're eating potatoes, what form are they normally in? <laughs> wonderful french fries yes they're either fried in french fries or they're potato chips yeah there you go so not only are you yeah you're you're getting waffle (laughs) fries you're canceling out the the positive effects and you're adding negative effects by them being drenched in in uh, saturated fats Uh, and they're not getting enough complex carbs and whole grains which come from whole grain bread crackers that sort of thing so that's the problem right there too much of one thing not enough of the other and that really is what it boils down to next week we will get into how do you encourage those things? How do you provide those things? Where do you get them? And I'll give you a tip. It doesn't have a golden arch in front of it. <laughs> that's, you know, and that, that's, I think that's a huge difference. Wouldn't you say that between net, our generation versus the, a few generations back? Yeah, I think we kind of talked about that in preparing for the podcast, talking to people about, you know, how much you used to eat at home as opposed to now it seems to be a lot more eating out. And, you know, it's just ridiculous how much calories and, uh, you know, is in when you go out to eat, how easy it is to make, think you're making a healthy choice and you're actually not because <laughs> they're putting butter or they're putting something on it that you don't realize. So it's just when you cook at home, you can control it so much better. You know what's going into your food, what ingredients, not a bunch of stuff that you can't even pronounce. And I think that's more and more... You know, we're busy. Everybody's busy. That's time is. I mean, the, but the you make time for the things that are important, don't you? You do, um, and so that's what I think. Like I said earlier, we need to try to everyone, myself included, try to make that more of a priority, so that you know, learning more about what's healthy, learning more about what it, what are good choices, you know, kind of expanding the the whole, I guess, horizon of 
what you eat. I mean, I'm doing that all the time. Learn, trying to learn new grains. You eat the rainbow. That, yeah, I mean that, and then Not trying to you know figure out what kind of new whole grains they have and things like that that we can change it up a little bit, keep things interesting. So, I mean, it's an ongoing process. Along these lines, I, I think it's pretty obvious that I'm very passionate about this <laughs> particular subject because I, I do love kids. Um, if you as a parent are listening and you're like, is there a way you can tell this to the people at my kid's school? Yes, there is. I do a presentation called Off the Couch, which is a one-hour presentation for parents of children. A good night to do it or a good time, a place to do it would be at uh, like... PTA meetings or open house, that kind of thing at elementary schools. If you would like me to present this whole concept in a very entertaining, engaging sort of way, just let me know. Go to my website, brandonwalker.org, or you could write me, of course, at twofit at fitwithb.com. I think we mentioned that a few times tonight. Uh, I would love to come to your your student's high school, or or, uh, not necessarily high school. It's more for younger kids, so elementary school. I've done this all over the place numerous times. I love the program. Um, and I, I get a lot of response from parents that say that it's, it's good to have the information that we give. So if you're interested in that, Sarah, what's our article for this week? Well, I think it fits quite well with what we're talking about, um, in terms of performance from kids, um, based on exercise and eating, you know, the improvements you can get just from, from doing daily exercise, uh, not only for kids in their grades, but also it looks like according to this article, actually you sent it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to give you some credit for that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it was on Fast Company um, that, you know, looking at creative mind, um, people who are writing books, think, uh, that was one of the examples, it was a novel uh, novelist, about how just keeping themselves in, in healthy, in good shape, exercising every day, even while riding, um, you know, can help reduce anxiety and it can help keep, kind of keep you on track, keep things going, kind of think, keep all those creative, uh, creative ideas flowing. And, you know, they say, cite several studies about how, um, looking at children and looking at, uh, different cases about how, um, just exercising daily reduced anxiety um, reduce depression, things like that. So not just helping you be more creative and more productive, but also helping you to reduce some of those, uh, negative things like, uh, anger and stress and, and things like that. And kids these days live highly stressful lives. I'll I'll give them, I'll certainly give them that this generation is way more stressed out than I was. Okay. So Again, this brings back that idea. What could you do as a parent? If you could reduce your child's stress, what would you, what, if you could do that, just make it happen, what would you do to, to make that happen? Well, healthy eating and an active lifestyle, like the article that we're going to post on, on the website just said or says, is that those, those factors change, that you could improve a child's stress level. You could reduce their stress level. They could get better grades. You could improve their brain function by feeding them better, by you know, pulling them out in front from in front of the Xbox and taking them outside and throwing a football with them. There are things that you could do. And, and like I said, we're going to get into that next week. But just there's mountains of evidence that, that support this idea that if you want to improve your child's life, you're going to have to. You, there are things you can do to do it. You, there are things you can do to change, uh, mainly in, in the realm of nutrition and changing the idea, uh, changing the sedentary lifestyle to an active lifestyle. 
So we'll get into that a little bit more next week. So a um, couple plugs here real quick. Sarah and I are working on a new project that will be coming out very soon. We'll, we'll let you know. Oh, by the way, uh, how's your... <laughs> You're looking at me. If you heard last week's podcast, we both announced that we were going to cut back on two particular items. <laughs> I was going to cut back on sodas. Oh, we're Sarah, out of time. Sarah, <laughs> look at the time. <laughs> uh, we're, I'll, I'll just tell you this. We're both doing, still doing well. Sarah has not. I'm out of lifelines. You're out of your lifelines. <laughs> we, we agreed that we're going to go a month and only drink three times. She was only going to agree that she was only going to have three cheat days for uh, having a beer or having some wine. And I was only going to have three days that I can drink a soda. And I've only had one of my days. And Sarah has used her lifelines. And we've still got like 20 days left. <laughs> no, less gonna than that. It's going to be a rough 20 days. <laughs> no, it's going to be great. Anyway, back to the plugs. We're working on a project and it's going to be a fitness program for college freshmen. And we're thinking of calling it Fight the 15 in honor of the freshman 15 that a lot of college students gain. We're going to do a presentation, hour presentation that we can give at any college uh, to your freshman students to tell them about how to stay fit now that they're in college and away from home. So if you have any interest in that, send us again an email at 2fit at fitwithb.com. Check out our website. If you're listening on iTunes, again, please take a moment and either subscribe on iTunes, give us a little star rating. You could get the star ratings, send us an email. And if I sound like I'm begging, maybe I am. (laughs) But it's been a good show. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Sarah, for being my partner. You're wonderful. I got a few words in there. (laughs) (laughs) I I know. Um, So this is Brandon Walker. And I'm Sarah Hollyhead. Saying get fit and be well.